Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to season four of the Pre-Vet Pausecast, Binging the Application. I'm Alex Avellino, and this episode features an organized student who has a list of questions regarding competitiveness and opportunities for improvement. You'll notice that all names have been removed to protect confidentiality. I want to thank this student's willingness to record this session to help listeners think about what to ask when meeting with their academic advisors and how to plan their academic activities. Okay, so for my first question, so as of right now, um, if everything in the semester goes to plan, I will finish with 89 credits, but I'm a second year student. So I'm gonna be entering my third year at UF. Yeah. So um, with that, I recognize that the GRE is coming up and that I know that for vet schools, not all vet schools, including I don't believe the Florida requires the GRE. However, a lot of the schools in the South, like uh, Georgia, Auburn, Tuskegee, LSU, they all require the GRE. And I know that it's, I don't know this for a fact, but I've heard from other people that it is significantly more expensive than like the SAT. Let's see. 205. Yeah, yeah, wow. So like, how, how have you, obviously like UF doesn't have it, but like how, would, how have you like prepared people to take the GRE for other schools? Sure. So this is how I prepared. I liked the Princeton review book. I thought it was super helpful. There's a bunch of practice exams in there. And one of our vet students from the class of 2019 was actually a Princeton review rep. And he was saying, in his opinion, the best way to practice for the GRE is to take as many practice exams as possible. You can do that. I know that the GRE website itself has some practice exams. So it's really learning how to take a timed test quickly just to like get through it, know the strategy. There's a lot of strategy with it. So I would take as many tests as possible, get the Princeton review book. I also like the Magoosh app, M-A-G-O-O-S-H, if it even still exists. That was great for vocab because I love to read and there were words on there that I have never seen and will never see again, but the app really helped me. So I would just go through all of those. So that's my biggest strategies for the math section it's really not so much, do you understand math? It's, can you figure out from a word story problem what they're trying to get you to do? So it's really, to me, math is almost more verbal on the GRE. So practice, practice, practice. Um, you can take it up to five times a year. You have to wait three weeks in between each time unless they've changed things. So I recommend if you're applying to a school that requires it and they like high scores, and you take practice tests and you're not doing so hot, you might wanna get an individualized tutor or take a class, plan on taking it more than one time. So I would maybe take it, and the scores are good for five years. Okay. You know, take it once in May when classes are over and then again in August if you need to. That's my general advice for the GRE. Okay, well, that's very helpful, thank you. So my second, point was uh, looking at my weaknesses right now. Okay. Um, so I think the biggest one is definitely research. 
which uh, with the pandemic, but also my lack of transportation has kind of like hindered that a little bit, but next year I'm gonna have a car. And so um, I'm definitely looking into getting research because I know that's like one of the big tenants when we had our uh, survey of vet med and we filled out that sheet and talked about like uh, the different things we had. And I have small animal experience and thankfully I was able to get, I'm, I'm, I got promoted from a kennel tech to a vet tech, but yeah. I'm doing yeah. it at but I'm doing it at a different hospital because I remember you told me that like staying at the same hospital, they don't want to see that because they want to see like different experiences. They want to see different experiences and consistency. So if you've stayed at a place long enough to show consistency, then yes, going to other places is great. Right. And then, so yeah, so on that, just about getting research, like, and I, I've heard different things from different people. Some say it like has to be specifically about animals. And some people say it's just, it can be anything. So UF doesn't have a requirement for what type of research you have. And even the VEMCAS application, if you've done research, no matter what, it counts as research. However, some vet schools I heard actually have a research minimum hours requirement. So mm -hmm. you want to fact check that and they might want to see the animal research. So for us, if you were only applying to UF, any research is amazing. Hmm. And then on that point, uh, do they want to see like a semester or like a whole academic school year? Every admissions committee member has a different opinion about this. And the nice thing about applying to schools that have actual minimum requirements, at least you kind of know what you need to do. For us, I recommend students do a full semester. And hours wise, I like to see like 75 to 150 hours. So, you know, you could get that done in a couple of weeks if you worked 40 hours a week, but I would like to see it over a full semester. So every, but every project is different. You might start a project and it ends early and that's not your fault. So in general, best practice, mm -hmm. some, a semester, 75 to 150 hours. Okay. Yeah. So like, for example, if I wanted to do it in the fall semester of 2021, they wouldn't really expect me to like do a whole project like from August to May. No, I, I don't yeah. think they would expect that. All right. And then my second weakness is definitely large animal experience mm -hmm. because I'm from like, not necessarily downtown, but very close to downtown Tallahassee. And there's just, okay. there's not really uh, a whole lot of large animal stuff going on there, mostly in like the countryside. And then in Gainesville, there, there is some stuff and I looked into it, but uh, I, I actually tried, I, I contacted like 50 different small and large animal hospitals in Tallahassee and Gainesville, and then only ended up really hearing back from two. Um, so yeah, for the large animal experience, I feel like that's a hole that I would like to fill next summer in Gainesville. So like are what, you an animal science major? Excuse me? Are you an animal sciences major? Yes. So if I'm an admissions committee member looking at that, I would say... I see so many animal sciences majors who get lots of large animal experience. So through courses, I think for you, not having a car could affect that. So any experience that you might've had, you have to drive out there a lot of times to do those kinds of activities. So potentially it's because of that, but I think taking, have you not taken any practicums that involve large animals? So I'm in, I'm in intro to animal sciences and the lab with that right now. And I'm going to try to take, I'm trying to take a horse course at some point. Yeah. And I don't know if that would count as like. It counts as animal for sure. Okay. So like, so that's the thing about animal sciences majors. And because you're coming in with a lot of credits, you don't have as much time to spend in the major as other students do, but you want to suck the life out of that major. So 
the horse course makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of like dairy and beef cattle research you could be doing. You could be doing small ruminant research. So yeah, I'd be getting much more involved in the major for the large animal stuff. And then is it vet experience? No, but it's better than nothing. Exactly. Because I feel like after this summer working 40 hours a week and I've got 500 hours right now, that's going to put me somewhere in like the 800, 900 range. So I feel like it's pretty solid. And if I can just get a couple more to get to that thousand. Yeah, that would, that'd be great. Right. Because I mean, obviously I'm not going to be able to compete with someone who grew up on a farm in terms of like animal hours, but like if I can get different types of experiences and then show them that I went from a kennel tech to a vet tech, I feel like that's, yeah. Yeah. And I would even challenge that growing up on a farm could hinder them because they really shouldn't be logging those hours. Yeah. That's, that's they a good know how to handle the animals. So then they could approach, you know, some folks who work with them and say, Hey, I totally understand this. I grew up on a farm, but those hours they can't log. Okay, so my third major point is talking about things that I need that are not necessarily the most like explicit, like obviously test scores, GPA, animal experience, research, those are very like concrete things. But I remember last time you talked about uh, signing up for intramurals to like show teamwork and also to get some volunteer experience. And uh, I just wanted to touch back on that and like talk about more of the things that I could be doing on the side. Okay, so tell me where you're at. Um, so I'm, last time we talked about intramurals and me and my roommates talked about doing that. So that's, we, we have interest in it and we, we just want to do it. So I feel like that's a pretty easy thing to do. Such low hanging fruit, just do it. Yeah. And then um, volunteer wise, um, I, I saw on the One UF, there's like Gator volunteer or something like that. And it's like, you yeah. find, it's like a database that shows you different opportunities. Use it. I feel like if I could just get like, doesn't have to be something crazy for like 50 hours with that and have them like register it. I feel like that's a good baseline. I think that'd be great. And then right now, I, I don't know if you remember, but I'm in uh, the member leadership program of the Hispanic Student Association. Okay. I'm on, I'm the external activities director of the Port Colombia, so like the Colombian Student Association. And I'm also the uh, membership chair of the Gator chapter of the NAACP. So I feel like I have a decent amount of like extracurriculars at this point but I remember you telling me that like I don't have to keep all like I don't have to do a ton of extracurriculars because I already showed that I've done them. I think yes it sounds like you're checking those boxes. Have you thought about TAing? Um not really I just I feel like it's more of like a well I guess I am almost at senior credit level so yeah I guess yeah. I mean I think I always love when students are TAs. It gets you close with professors. It shows leadership. It shows ability to teach others, which is so important as a veterinarian. Um, it's never, it never hurts. Okay. And then on those like more like, not necessarily concrete things, are there any other like things that I could be doing? Are you bilingual? Yes. I would make sure you're highlighting that on your application somewhere and why it's important. The fact that you can literally reach more clients because you can speak a second language. Um, so don't forget about that. Oh, have we talked about employment experience that has nothing to do with animals? Have you ever had a job? Um, so I've, so paid or unpaid? Pay, a paid job. Um, I was a runner for a law firm, meant like senior year, before, the summer before the senior year of high school. And they paid you to do whatever it is that you did. Yeah. 
Yeah, make sure you log that on there too. It's just important to see that folks have had work experience. Right, and then like uh, like long time ago, I was a counselor in training at like a local public park. And like, I also went to the Dominican Republic and worked there, so. List it. I mean, now yeah. if it was like a, like if you went to the DR for like a week, I don't know. I was the, there for a month. How many hours a week did you work? Well, uh, oh, it's, it's hard, it's hard, kind of hard to calculate because they, so essentially I went to a very rural community and lived there for like a month. And essentially like I was in charge of like uh, teaching people about public health. Uh, we ran a summer camp for the kids. We also had to do like a community project. So we like uh, made some improvements to like a community center that was there. Was it a missions trip? No, it was, it was non-religious, non-governmental. It was, huh. yeah. I, I think you should put that on there. That sounds pretty legit. Um, and then when it, like how you're saying, it's hard to calculate the hours. If you, there's opportunities on Vemcast to, you can do like, um, I think per diem is an option and also like temporary employee. And you might be able to just log like a chunk of hours, not like hours per week. Okay, and then, so just holistically, is there any other things that you would recommend? I mean, I feel like we've touched on all the boxes. Right. And then we won't know how you do until you turn it in and see how everything shakes out with letters of rec and essays and just how you type everything. I talked to a lot of students who sound like crazy competitive and then on paper, it just didn't come across that way. So, and vice versa, some students who don't sound competitive, but then they really marketed themselves well. So it sounds like you're doing everything you can. I think the car is really going to help you like step up your game in a lot of areas because more opportunities will open up when you can physically get to more places. Mm -hmm. and then we'll just have to see how it goes. Okay, yeah. All right, so my, my fourth point, kind of going off the weaknesses, is more talking about my strengths, like what I should focus on, and I know we briefly touched on my bilingualness, the fact that I was born in South America, um, and then, like, like, I guess I'm trying to figure out, like, what other things can I, like, really market myself for? It's like I, I think you want to, um, what I would do is I would, when you have time, like take a piece of paper and write down all of your activities and see if there are any themes. So like whatever you're doing for NAACP and for like the Colombian part of your, the group that you're in, like, is there a theme with that? And then the fact that you went, you said you went to the DR. Right. So like, maybe there's a theme there. And then mm -hmm. you start the, maybe there's a theme with not having a car, but still being involved, like a resilience theme um then you can kind of start really thinking about like how you're marketing yourself mm -hmm. there's a strategy let me see if i can find it i just saw it um that's about like let's say they ask you a question of oh talk about your strengths and there's a way to approach it something tactic let me see okay let me see if i can find this thing haha -ha. the star method so situation, task, action, and result. So when they're like, oh, tell us about a time when, and this applies for your interview and your essays. So situation, you set the scene of the situation, the task, what was your responsibility? The action, what steps did you take? And the results, share the outcome of your actions. So let's say the question is for the personal statement, you know, why do you wanna be a veterinarian? then you can do it in that way. So it sounds super 
thought through and you could pick one of your areas to discuss or one of your themes. And then the situation could be the different aspects of the theme, like the different clubs that you're in, however you want to approach it. Um, so I would just be writing those things down so you can be thinking about how am I going to market myself best to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about and I'm professionally ready to go to vet school. Okay. Yeah, and kind of on that point, like you mentioned talking about like resilience and stuff, but I feel like I feel like I should be wary of like trying to develop a narrative that I'm like like in need in a charity case. Like I, I don't want to be. I don't. I feel like that's a bad angle to go for. I agree. Like, I wouldn't do that. I think it would yeah. just be. And you just put yourself in the admissions committee shoes. They are looking for prepared students to handle a rigorous curriculum, not only mentally, but emotionally. You know, can you emotionally handle it? Have you prepared for that? Like, we don't need to know. We're not really interested in like, mm, specific character moments. Like, oh, this happened to me, blah, blah. We don't care about that. If you want to right. talk about it and how it's made you who you are, that's going to make you a successful vet student and veterinarian, then we hmm. want to know about it. So I would say super positive about all of the opportunities you've had. And if you have experienced challenges that has built resilience, talk about it in that way. Like, hmm. oh yeah, this worked out, even though it was horrific at the time, here's how I reframe the situation. Right. And then like on that point, like the fact that I worked last summer when like the pandemic was at its height, I feel like that can't hurt at all just because it just shows the fact that like even when everything else was falling apart, like I was still able to get employed and paid. Yeah. And with every single thing you talk about, if it were me, I would assume that everybody else is writing, experienced the same thing I did. Because what if you get into the hands of an admissions committee member who has read 30 essays, all talking about students who worked during the pandemic. So you right. would say something along the lines of like, here's how I handled the pandemic. Mm. Here's what was going on. Here's how I approached it. Because you just don't want to come in being like, yeah, I, I'm unique in this way because you might not be. Exactly. Yeah. So really focusing on your particular experiences and when the situation came up, here's how I handled it. Okay, um, just two more points here. My, this is kind of like a, probably my most broad question is like, where do I stand compared to other people at the moment? Because see, my GPA is 3.78. And I mean, I, I'm, I got all A's and a B right now. And I just, it's, I know it's a very difficult question to answer, but it's well, just, I, I don't. I can't answer it. I can't answer right. it because I don't have the applicant pool in front of me. So okay. I would have to have, are you planning on applying this cycle? Well, well, no, because I won't, I, yeah, I, I'm, so I'm going to be applying in like, I guess what, fall 2022. Yeah. Okay. So that's the class of 2027. Oh God, which seems psycho. So the class you're applying for the class of 2027, I would have to have all candidates. Let's assume there's going to be more than 2000. I'd have to have all candidates in front of me to tell you where you stand. Right. I, okay. So I guess the better way to ask that is compared to the last admission class. Same, so like for the class of 2024, you know, their GPAs are posted online. So if your GPA is a 3.7, you're right in that range. So GPA wise, average competitiveness. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to hours, we don't post hours because they're so variable. They're so subjective because one student might have 10,000 hours, but they've been a kennel tech 
for five years and they never moved and that's all they did. Versus right. who has like 300 hours who found vet med later in life and then they grew very quickly. So like we don't post the hours because it doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, great and um, degree wise, you are average like everybody else. You're going to have a bachelor's degree. So mm-hmm. if you have a master's or a PhD, I'd be able to be like, okay, you know, here we go. Um, when it comes to extracurricular activities, you're competing with students who have similar number of activities and vibe of activities. So being bilingual, yes, I do think that gives you a competitive edge in my opinion. Right. Uh, but other than that, I would say like, it sounds like you are on paper checking the boxes that need to be checked mm-hmm. and there's always room for improvement. So like, yeah, exactly. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to worry about it if you're because you could be the most competitive student I've ever heard of and not get in because other things happen. Mm-hmm. So right now it sounds like you're doing what you need to do. Okay. And then my last point. Um, so the way it's working out right now for me to graduate in the spring of 2023, I have because I came in with 30 credits and I've been going at a pretty good pace here. Like I'm starting to run out of time. Like I'm, I'm starting to run out of time. And so I, I did the math and I'm, it looks like I have enough, I have 15 credit hours that are just free right now that I need to take to keep my bright future. Okay. And so with that, I'm thinking about getting a minor and I don't, not necessarily because I think it'll do that much for my vet application because what I've read online is that they don't really care that much, right. but I was just, in, in your opinion, like, is there any minors or types of minors that may stand out a little bit? To me, the only minor that I am recommending when students ask, if you weren't bilingual, maybe I would say a minor in another language that would help you become bilingual. If you were dying to open your own practice someday, a business minor could make sense. However, the minor that excites me the most at UF right now is the health disparities minor. It's super applicable to students. Like you want to be a doctor you would want to learn about all these activities or these issues anyway. Mm-hmm. It will help you writing your essays. It will help you with your experiences. And for some of the extracurricular roles that you're in, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I think it is a great idea. On paper, they might look at it, they might not, but you would be able to write about it and talk about it. So I yeah. that minor. Yeah, that was actually my number one choice. But I'm trying, because I know how competitive it is to get into classes at UF, like I have like a second and third, well, not a third choice, but I have like a second choice, but it's kind of, it's just a very much interest-based thing. And they, But yeah, the health disparities, it combines like usefulness and what I'm interested in. So I think I'm going to try to go with that one. I think it's a good idea. 